A new Nodia on your mind report is out, and it is this time uh, with a topic that we have looked at before: corporate investments or capital expenditure. We've written about it in previous Nodia on your mind reports, both in 2017 and in 2018. I guess, Victor, you could be forgiven for claiming that we are obsessed with capital expenditure. What do you think? I mean, we might lead our listeners to to believe that we think this is interesting, th- since this is the the third time we're looking at it, and uh, and with the risk of sounding like a broken record, we do still think that it is uh, an interesting topic. Uh, and I, I mean, it capital expenditure obviously has has a lot of importance for for society as a whole. It is a it is a very substantial part of uh, of GDP, uh, and as we will talk a bit a bit about uh, in in more detail, uh, it does in very uh, very high degree uh, influence the the growth uh, that we can see in companies. Exactly. And investments are investments and need to be funded. And being a bank, of course, we have an interest from that point of view as well, since it's going to affect corporate needs and, and, and corporate behavior. But to, to remind us a bit, Victor, considering the earlier reports that we've written, um, what, what is the pattern that we have seen and, and, and what are we seeing today now that we've looked at this and taking a pretty deep dive look um, today? Uh, how, how does corporate behavior today compare with what's been the case in the past and, and, and given what the economy looks like? So if we go back to uh, 2017, and, and one of the main reasons why we started looking at this, uh, this topic specifically uh, is that we had at that time seen uh, a few years of uh, decoupling, you could call it, uh, between between uh, the macro environment and the corporate uh, uh, capital expenditure. And what we mean by that is if you look at, for example, uh, the OECD uh, Business uh, uh, Confidence Index, uh, co- uh, capital expenditure and that indicator usually follows each other quite well. Uh, but since around 2015, so two years before we first visited uh, this topic, that relationship seemed to have uh, have been breaking down. Uh, and when we looked at it in 2018, this was still the case. And today we are, uh, with the risk of sounding like a broken record, uh, stating again that uh, this remains the case. Uh, they have caught up with each other somewhat, uh, but we have seen a pretty substantial period of what we want to call underinvestment. And just so I get this, in the past, if the leading indicator, if macro data points towards the economy doing better, the pattern would have been that companies would feel good and invest more. Exactly. Yeah. And the opposite would mean that they would invest less. Yeah. And this we haven't seen. Exactly. And these uh, these metrics have gone pretty much hand in hand. Uh, throughout throughout history as long as far back as we can see it uh, so for example in our data uh, dating back to 19 early 1990s uh, they have very much uh, been uh, been going together uh, but as we said this this has been breaking down uh, which for us makes it a very interesting topic to look at uh, so looking at what does this mean uh, and what can it mean for the future uh, since we, we, we mentioned briefly in the beginning that obviously uh, capital expenditure is very important uh, for, for corporate growth, uh, then this, uh, this is uh, somewhat of a worrying trend. And if we look at the expectations, if we take, for example, consensus forecasts by analysts covering companies in research, what does it look like if you, if you look at those expectations today for the next few years? What's the outlook for the sales for the companies and what's the outlook for the capital expenditure, how much the companies are going to invest? 
So basically what has happened since 2014 is that sales has continued to grow, uh, but CapEx has been slowing uh, and in, in some regions been flat even. Uh, and the expectation going forward is very much the same. So analyst consensus is still that corporates will grow their revenue, mm. uh, but they will continue to invest at the same levels as they are doing today. So growing sales, but slowing CapEx. Sounds fantastic, if you can get away with it. It is, right? No investing, just selling more. Yeah, that's perfect. So I want to throw it uh, over to you, Yuan. I mean, this is a fantastic future, right? You can just yeah, keep getting, keep getting a decent sales growth, but you don't have to invest more. What do you think about this? Well, it, the, the usual rule of thumb would be that if it sounds too good to be true, it, it probably is too good to be true, right? But, but I think one, one way of looking at it to try and understand what's going on is to consider, okay, so what are companies doing with their money? And, and if we look at, as we have done, uh, the numbers uh, and looking at, at, at a very big sample of global companies, you could, you could, if you want to make it a bit simple, you can say that, okay, what can companies spend their money on? They can spend their money on investments, what we call capital expenditure. Um, they can spend their money on paying out money to their shareholders, dividends or buying back shares. Or they can spend money on buying other companies. Instead of building a new plant, you can buy another company, acquire it. Or they can spend money on research and development. So what you're saying is that if, if companies spend less on, on capital expenditure, they are putting it somewhere else? Indeed. They need to put the money somewhere, right? Either pay it out or use it within the company for something. And if, if we look at the breakdown of those different ways of spending money that, that I mentioned and go back a number of years as far back as 2005, we can see that historically, as an average of all the money the companies spend, about 41% is spent on investing in their businesses. And looking at 2018, which is the last year that we have data for, the percentage is actually 34%. So it's way below the historical average and it's actually at a 14-year low. And if we instead look at the share of total spending that, that's used for paying funds out to shareholders, that's on a historical high. Um, it, it's 39% compared to a long-term average of 35%, which is the highest that we have seen since 2005. So they're paying out more to their shareholders and investing less. And that, that's, I mean, the numbers you're, you're, you're saying here, that's a pretty significant shift in, in, in what companies are doing. Uh, but it is also since, uh, you, you said 2005, right? So it is over quite some, some, some time that this change has happened. And I mean, my, my first observation here would be that it, has there been a change perhaps in the way companies spend money? Do companies maybe need to spend less money because you know, business models have shifted towards a, perhaps a, a more asset light uh, type of business model. You don't need to invest as much because you can get more out of your investments. M- might that be the case or do you see other drivers as well? Yeah, that, that, that's, that's the interesting explanation, right? If, if, if technology as one critical factor would have made the playing field different so that companies could invest less and still generate the kind of sales that, that, that they do, and, and, and this is a tricky one to find data for, but obviously you and I being curious individuals, we, we needed to take a closer look at, can we find any evidence suggesting that this is actually what's happened and that it could be sustainable for companies to uh, invest less and still be able to generate the kind of revenues that they have. But the question is, do we really believe that, Victor? I mean, in, in, in terms of looking at it more deeply, um, how would you describe what we found? So first off, there has been a clear shift towards more kind of technology-heavy uh, 
uh, asset basis, you, you could say. Because uh, if you look at how, how corporate uh, um, uh, the corporate balance sheet uh, has shifted, uh, you see a lot of more uh, intangible assets uh, than you do uh, uh, PP&E, so, so uh, property, plant and equipment, uh, compared to what you did before. And so intangible assets would be things like what, software? Technology, or? yeah, software, uh, technology in general, yeah. uh, patents, yeah. be a lot of different non-physical assets. Uh, and in this study, we, we have removed goodwill as well. So we don't want to have the effect of companies uh, acquiring other companies. Uh, we want to try to, to isolate the effect of, uh, of a lot of industries becoming more, uh, more asset light. Uh, and what is interesting in this shift is that it is uh, across the board. So every single sector has, uh, has seen an increased importance of, uh, of intangible assets. Um, but what is also interesting is that if you look at, for example, uh, IT companies, uh, which you would expect to be primarily driven uh, perhaps by the tech side or the software side, you still see a pretty substantial need for, uh, for property plant uh, and equipment. Uh, so one, one of the, um, I'm not sure if you could call it subsectors, but we like to look specifically at the FANCTA. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Facebook and Apple and Netflix and Google and Tencent and Amazon. I hope I didn't forget <laughs> one of them. Um, and what you see there is that they are actually below uh, the intangible share of assets uh, than consumer staples, for example, because they have such a need for investments into fiscal assets such as server farms or, or hardware uh, in general. But, and I want to come to the conclusion and, and actually <laughs> answer your question. Yeah, um, please. So while we have seen this development uh, that uh, s uh, yeah, industries in general are going more toward the kind of asset light uh, business model, the implications, uh, or, or uh, how, how can you put it, that the implications from that current levels of capex would be sustainable. So what does that actually mean? Well, if the current levels are sustainable compared to historical levels of capex, uh, and if we look to, to Europe as an example, then that has an implied capital uh, efficiency gain of around 9% per year since the financial crisis. Let me just let that sink in. So if I understand it, the, the, what you're telling me, Victor, is that with the pattern that we've seen in how much or rather how little companies have invested in recent years compared with earlier historical patterns, the amount of output you would get for an invested dollar would be 9% more per ev year. Every year? Exactly. That, that sounds like a pretty huge number. And, and it might also at the beginning sound, sound like, uh, yeah, how did, you come up to, how did you come up with that conclusion? And, and what we have looked at is how has capex and sales historically uh, correlated with each other? How, how has capex and sales, or, or how have capex and sales moved together? Uh, and it is an interesting relationship because usually, year to year, if sales grows, then capex grows as well, because companies have more money to to spend. But what is perhaps the most interesting, at least in our view, is that if you look at it over time, you see that a period of high capex is usually followed by a period of high growth. Right. So if you over, for example, a five-year period has spent a lot of money on, uh, on CapEx, then that correlates extremely well to the following five-year period being quite, yeah, qu quite good when it comes to, to sales growth. Uh, and the reverse. So if you have a five-year period where you don't invest as much, then that usually means that your five-year period after that 
will not be as good as it could have been. That that, that makes huge sense. Yes. I mean, I, I can totally buy that. But then coming back to this number, I can't really shake it. I mean, 9% year after year after year of getting 9% more output for the dollar that you invested. The, the, the question is, can you actually believe that? So, so is following it, this is logic, it possible? So following this logic that sales and, and capex are so well correlated, then if it is sustainable, then that must imply this number, 9%. And to answer your question, can we actually believe this? Well, no. I don't really feel comfortable saying that over the last 10 years, uh, corporates have gained a 9% increase in their efficiency in, in CapEx. That, that sounds too good to be true um, in my mind. How much does labor productivity grow? 1% in Europe. And labor productivity is, is pretty much the measure of how much output you get per hour worked. Exactly. And over the last 10-year period in Europe, that has been around 1% increase per year. And our figure here, so the, if the, how you say, the implied efficiency gain, if this is sustainable, so, so if the historical patterns were to be followed, how, how, uh, how much of an efficiency gain, uh, gain uh, must you have had? Uh, and that is 9%. So you get 1% more output per head from your workforce every year, but you get 9% more per year from the investments in assets that you make. Exactly. Under the assumption that you are not undermining future growth. Sounds like stretched math to me. Yeah. And it pretty much uh, is because it rests on the assumption that current investment levels are sustainable. So given that, and, and given that we, uh, as we just mentioned, believe this to be to be quite unreasonable when it comes to 9% efficiency gain, uh, which for us then means that companies are in fact underinvesting. Um, should companies invest? And, and why do you think that companies right now and for the past um, maybe five to ten years have been reluctant to invest? Uh, what do you think about that, Johan? Well, it, it's, a, it's a pretty important question, should companies invest? Because there must have been reasons, whatever they are, why they haven't invested. And, and to try to answer the question if they should invest, I think it's important to be able to underpin the answer with something and, and ideally with data, with numbers, as we like to offer when we can get them, right? And, and we wrote the report, uh, an Adrian Mind report, um, in, in uh, June last year, uh, which was about cash conversion. Uh, so looking at that topic and trying to use that analysis and, and brush it off and, and, and put it in this context to try and answer, help us answering the question if companies should invest, the first thing to do, I think, is, is to look at, okay, what happens to the share prices of companies that do invest? Right. What happens to the share prices? And the answer is that, well, if you, if you split a very large sample of companies, we're, we're talking several thousand European-listed companies, all European-listed companies which have a market cap above 300 million euros, and we look at a very long time period for the past 20 years, over that time period for such a big universe of companies, how have those performed which have invested the most, the ones who have had the highest capex-to-sales ratio? Well, they have underperformed. And then the answer to the question would be, oh, it seems like it's, it's really not good for your share price for the value of your company. So if, you're, if you have invested the most among these companies over time, then you have underperformed. Yeah, That's what you're saying. Okay. and quite substantially. But the answer isn't that simple, and we didn't really give up there. We, we dug a little bit deeper, and we looked at, okay, if we take this category of the companies that invest the most, the ones who have the highest capital expenditure to sales ratios, and we looked within that category, are there different types of companies? Are there different profiles for investment, patterns for investment? And the answer is 
Absolutely, very much so. And what we find is that within the category of those companies that spend the most on CapEx, the ones that have underperformed and, and, and really explain why that full category, all the companies that invest a lot, have underperformed as, as a full group, that's those companies who have invested in huge projects, making very large investments very infrequently. All right. So you make a massive investment, typically you build a new plant, unfortunately often historically at the peak of a cycle, and then you're stuck with a lot of capacity, and when the economy slows down, you don't have the use for that capacity that you had hoped and you invested. So in other words, you could say that, that making such an investment, so a really big one-off investment, carries with it significant risk. Definitely. I mean, if it goes as planned, then, then you get the return that you expected, uh, which might be decent, but if you if you are among one of the the unlucky few and invest heavily right before the cycle turns, that is not going to look very good. No, that'll destroy a lot of value, and that is also historically for many companies what has happened. And and the ones who invest according to that pattern are the ones who have got punished and have had a severe share price underperformance over this twenty year period. Whereas still within the category of companies who invest a lot, those who have consistently year after year had a high capex to sales, have invested a lot in their business, have also had better growth. So the investments have led to growth, their revenues have increased, and they have also actually outperformed. So the ones who have stuck to a pattern of investing again and again and again in a business that was growing and generating growth through those investments, they have actually outperformed over those 20 years. Whereas those companies who had this disastrous profile of making rare but huge investments are the ones which have collapsed. And the magnitude of the collapse of those is what really made the whole category of companies that invest a lot underperform. So coming back to your question, Victor, should you invest? Should you invest? The answer is, if you care about the value of the company, you definitely should. Right, right. If you do, you outperform. And I think that it's hard to expect that any management team or any board of directors would say that the value of the company doesn't matter all that much. So the quick and easy answer would be that, yes, you should invest. But then also given that answer, then you, you should perhaps not invest in a certain way. But you should think about it more, more as a maybe continuous type of, of investment into the business. From a share price performance point of view, the more modular, the more incremental you can be in your investments, the better. But at the same time, the basic conclusion is that if you invest, you grow. And if you grow, you get rewarded. So avoid the, the most extreme forms of lumpy investments. Those are the ones that punish your share price. And as we've seen uh, as well a bit uh, talking to to one of our uh, macro strategy gurus here, uh, which is included in an interview uh, in the report, uh, Mikael Sarve, uh, talking about how there is a risk for companies of, of perhaps being a bit too afraid to invest uh, as the economy or, or as the macro climate starts to, to, to look a bit worse. Uh, but after a potential uh, recession or after a potential downturn, uh, the companies that have not invested usually can't really uh, follow the upswing as well. Exactly. You so don't get the upside. Right. So, so the, if you don't invest, then you might not be as well prepared uh, as you otherwise could have been. In simple terms, our conclusion would be that we don't believe underinvestment is sustainable. We think it will have to change one way or the other. And we think that should change from the point of view of value creations. Companies should not be afraid to invest. They should not be silly about it and just gamble, but they should not hold back for the sake of it because that is not what's going to drive value over time. 
I think that should sum it up, right, uh, for this time. And why don't we conclude by just flagging that our next exciting Nordea on your mind report will be out in March. And that will be about the case for a credit rating. Exciting stuff. Absolutely. As always. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you.